Hello, welcome to Bullet Points Monthly Full Colon Podcast Edition Brackets June, uh, second half of June edition. This is me, Reed McCarter. I edit Bullet Points. Um, that's something I do. I write for Bullet Points uh, along with Yusuf Cole, who is the uh, sole joint editor of Bullet Points. And uh, because of that, and because Yusuf hasn't played Resident Evil Village, I will just be uh, speaking for an hour straight as the only person from Bullet Points, uh, associated with Bullet Points in any way, who has played this game and is ready to discuss it. Um, if you hear any other voices on this podcast, that's an echo from the past. We thought it might be sort of spooky, you know, fitting with the Resident Evil theme, to have kind of a uh, an, an English ghost voice appear, sort of like a, a throwback kind of M.R. James style like ghost story. What was that? <laughs> what was that? Read. It is I, the ghost of websites past. Oh no! Is this? Can you hear me? Is this? Is this the Playboy oh, game section? I can hear you. Oh no! Is this the the EGM features section? This is the voice of every every publication is this kill screens they're they're all dead Ooh, can you hear me they've amalgamated into one ghostly entity <laughs> it's called ign plus <laughs> and i am i am here to show you your the, the wicked ways of your past your present and your future uh, uh well, that's actually a good introduction, podcast ghost, Ed Smith, uh, <laughs> former Bullet Points editor, um, because we're... I, I killed myself after playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, that's not, that's not very good. That's... It was too long and I didn't like it enough. That's, that's a bit of an overreaction, I think. A little, uh... Well, have you, have you played it? Uh... <laughs> I gave it a <laughs> I gave it a medium score and I'm still possessed by the demons of that to this day. Um so I guess speaking of the ghosts of the past, the present, the future, what more fitting game than Resident Evil Village, a game that is has no ghosts in it. It almost does. Um, does it? I can't remember. I think it's it, got. Every, I mean, it's got everything else in it, so I suppose it may as well have ghosts as well. I think there are a few things that kind of bump around. Like maybe it's like little, uh, not T virus. It's now mold, mold virus. Yeah. And maybe some little mold spores kind of skittering around behind like a picture frame or something. Is probably the explanation. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. nothing cool can happen in Resident Evil, even after a soft reboot, um, without it being explained away. Mm. Um, so that was a long, tortured intro to get to the point of... Ed- Not unlike the intro to Resident Evil 8 Village. No, no, no. The very... No, okay. 
The very introduction to this game is good, I think. What, in the house? Yeah. Why do you think it's good? Because I think it's shockingly violent in a way that Resident Evil doesn't doesn't go for. Hmm. Often enough. But no. I would I would invite you to watch the uncensored version of the live action opening to the first Resident Evil. Oh, that's all mm. Yeah, that's good. Those dogs are barking at them. Yeah, and there's limbs being torn off and you know, I yeah, you're right, but you're also wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I I do like the part when they're like when the lights go out and it's like you know, becomes very grotesque. Like he he uh he shoots that lady in the head a bunch of times. Yeah. But do you remember do you remember the opening um animated the opening anim- the opening animation for Resident Evil three on the PS one? That was so good. I think that was the only one I think the original Resident Evil three I haven't played. I think I played a demo okay. of it. I played one well, and I two would... And the rest. I invite you to go and watch the CG opening of the the, the original Resident Evil Three. Um, probably, I, I I would argue the best CG opening of that era. Hmm. Yeah, seriously, man, it's really good. It's it's like a little film. It's really violent. Music's great. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I, I used to play the game and and watch that every time. That's high praise. What about when you boot up Metal Gear Solid and it, it does the titles wow. and then it gives you the, the submarine? Bing, bing, bong, 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 bing, bing, bong. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hero available now for the low price of yeah. $5.99 or something. Um, okay, let's, let's zoom out. I know what you're going to say to this broad episode opening question. <laughs> but I'm going to ask it anyway to guide the conversation. What did you think of Resident Evil Village? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Uh, okay, so what did I think of Resident Evil Village? I I think... Man, did I like it or not like it? it just, that should be such an easy question to answer. Um, but I'm kind of caught between... Oh, I'm caught between two things because I I want to say that I didn't like it, but also I I don't want to just not like it, and I don't want to just just be that person who you know reappears on bullet points and reappears on this podcast after a while to you know just just slag off something. Oh, it's the oh, it's Ed Smith with another with another acerbic takedown of the game industry. I don't I don't want to be that person. I really don't want to. So I'm 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 going to try I'm going to start at least by trying to find things about it that either I liked or that I thought were good even if they weren't to my taste. Yeah, but you're also allowed to have an opinion. I know. I know. Um I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Your, so your article was pretty um didn't seem like you were too hot. No, but it, I don't think I was too cold either. I was just kind of... You are a little Goldilocks. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... I just... Um, I, don't, I don't know how to... I don't know if what I'm about to say really sort of... connotes precisely the amount of feeling that I wanted to, but this felt like... 
another video game. Another another video game, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, I think that I've you know I I've I've been playing Resident Evil since I was six years old. I played the original. I play I played a lot of them to to death. Although I did count up the other day and I realised that I've actually, despite the fact that I've, I would describe myself almost as like a, a fanatic of Resident Evil. I've played fewer games than I haven't played. That's how long and kind of big the series is. Because I've not played things like, you know, oh. Dead Aim and Gun Survivor and Revelations. Uh, so you're, there's more Resident Evil games that I haven't played. So you're a reasonable person. Well, one would hope. But, the, but then again, I've played Resident Evil 2, the original, you know, probably 150 times to completion. Well, you're a, um, also, I would say, you're a, you're a man who knows what he likes, then. Well, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, um, having said that, I, I didn't really like Resident Evil Village. No, but I... Man... Ugh, there are things about it that I can kind of tell are good, and that I would have thought were good um, some years ago, and things about it that I kind of I do want to talk about and say that I enjoyed but on aggregate I thought the game was very flat and very dull and one missed opportunity after another and that I could quite easily discern everything that it was trying to do mm -hmm. all of the ways all of the ways that it was trying to I could I could sort of it felt like they were trying to kind of write their own reviews. Like I, I could tell what they wanted people to say about it. I could tell what they wanted people to say was was great, and I could see where they were, you know, exerting most of their effort. Um, and I don't think much of that came off at all. Like, like for example, I think the reason that I'm not so hot on that opening sequence. It was quite obvious to me playing this that one of the things they really wanted people to to write or to or to believe or to say was that this has got a really interesting plot and we, we really care about the characters and there's an interesting dynamic between whoever and whoever and whoever. Um, which meant the game was very kind of talky, like it's really dialogue heavy and it's, it's quite turgid and it takes a very long time getting to even the sort of simplest of conceits. Mm -hmm. um, but that you know, I can see that the I can see the effort. I can see what they're trying to achieve. But I, it, it just it really didn't work. I don't think it worked at all. Um, it's still got you know. I think the the story is still needlessly not necessarily complex, but just it's kind of overwritten. I think. Yeah, it's just repetitive. It's like every single kind of plot point and character point and everything is is sort of reiterated ten or fifteen times over. And I think you're you're way ahead of the game in terms of knowing what's coming. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, go on, you 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 take over. I need I need more time to to warm up here. Well, I would say I'm pretty kind of like I think I generally like this game and. Um, I think part of that is seeing something that isn't done often enough, but I don't mean that in a lot of what this game 
does. That's a sounds like a, a conflict, but I mean in terms of the tone of this thing, what it does at times. Uh-huh. Um, like the opening of it, I like because it's it's wild. It's like a it's like a very like weirdly brutal thing to have in this game. Um, and I'll talk about this more later. But what I don't like about how that stuff works. Um, but like the imagery of it, I think is at times like really enjoyable to look at in the way that you kind of hope that these games that cost so much money to make will at least be interesting spaces to kind of walk through. Um, and so for me, the, the best parts of this game and the parts that kind of salvage it for me are the things that make it kind of feel like, you know, like Halloween night, like these, uh, weird creatures kind of jumping out of places and um you know i mentioned this to you before we recorded but like i was completely on board with this game um during that part where uh ethan wakes up and he's been kidnapped by what's that heisenberg guy and which yeah we'll get to those characters (laughs) characters in quotes maybe later uh, but he's been kidnapped by him and he wakes up and it's like this, <laughs> it's like this almost like Jim Henson-esque like Halloween store thing of all these, mm. of the full lineup of villains and like a bunch of werewolves in the background just sort of snarling and mm. you're just looking and they're all sort of like fighting and snapping at each other about who like gets the honor of torturing you to death. And it's just mm. like, you know, it's just, it's sort of... The voice acting isn't good enough, really. I mean, good in like a, you know, technically sort of like, yeah, like refined enough to feel yeah. actually threatening or anything. It's just like, it's just like a bizarre assortment of like interesting visuals and sounds coming at you all at once. And it just feels like there's this real sense of like, like a real sense of life to it, you know? Like, I wasn't sold mm. on that, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff stuff in the first one with, like, you know, I, I think the context of that stuff is just, it's, like, a little bit too stupid, maybe, to work. And then, you know, Resident Evil 7 just, like, dovetails into this, like, you get about a quarter of the way through and you realize you're, what you're seeing is kind of what you're getting, and you're going to look at these mold monsters and a few bosses, and that's about it. Um, and this game felt like it was like, like, look at this, look at all these weird creatures we came up with and they're all going to be like gibbering at you. And, you know, like there's like a sense of, I don't know, kind of like goofy fun to that stuff. And the same thing too with like the castle at the beginning, you know, like the sense that like, oh, this thing's going for big campy fun in a way that I don't think Resident Evil has managed to pull off like parts of 6 even though that game is not very good have that kind of feel but like 4 was the last time they actually did that I think and like succeeded um, anyway so that's I think the that's stuff right. I do like but I will hedge that before like dropping that by saying I don't think it's that spirit is like carried through the whole game well, I think that's really interesting because I remember when I first played Resident Evil 7 and uh, the first kind of maybe 60 minutes of that game where, you know, you meet 
Mia, you find Mia and she's okay, but then she attacks you and she cuts off your hand and you can actually pick the hand up and put it in your inventory and then you have the big kind of like slapstick fight with I think Jack in the garage where you're he's like driving the car into you and you can drive the car into him mm -hmm. and then you have the fight with you've got a chainsaw and he's got those like enormous scissor things and it felt that game at that point really felt like I, I, was, I was playing it with a friend and I was kind of looking at them and they were looking at me and we're looking god you know this is this is good this is like Sam Raimi sort of horror comedy um, body comedy and mm. I, I was I really enjoyed it up, up until then like for me Resident Evil 7 is a good game until until that boss fight that second boss fight with, with Jack Baker and then it becomes so kind of self-serious and so sort of you know, it becomes this like Russian novel of of files and cutscenes and conversations <laughs> and and lore, and seems to either sort of forget what was so good about it in the beginning, or or was you know it never quite got its own joke. It didn't quite realise why it was fun and why it was funny mm -hmm. to begin with. And and on replaying it, I kind of think, God, you know what? Yeah, she cuts off your hand, and that's and that's. You know, it's almost yeah, obviously it's, it's, it feels like a reference to Evil Dead, and it seems like it's kind of played in the same spirit as maybe an Evil Dead film. But actually, do they even do they even get that? Like, do they actually think, or do that... they just think? Because there definitely is like a pretty on the nose like Evil Dead reference too, with like she essentially turns into a deadite, right? Like, she... yeah, and I think the car that Ethan drives is is oh, yeah, very yeah. similar to the to the Oldsmobile and stuff like this. So the 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 references there, they're kind of you know they're they're given lip service, but I don't think that the spirit of you know those films or that director or whatever is is at all kind of present in the game after you beat Jack Baker in that second fight, and maybe was kind of unintentionally there in the start. Now with Resident Evil Village, I basically feel the precise same thing. Where like you were just saying, you know, you get that sequence where um, you know all four of the the bosses that you're going to confront later on and yeah like bickering over who gets to blah 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 and yeah it's like hellraiser it's like all of the whatever they call the chenobites you know mm. um mm. Uh, or, or sort of squabbling over who gets to consume the person's soul and stuff like this but i i i i feel like the game doesn't want you to or doesn't understand why you would be smiling i really do think that it expects you to to continue to take it really really seriously like you're supposed to be terrified of of lady dimitrescu and you're meant to be um you're meant to be really sort of on board with ethan when he says like why do people keep dying on me <laughs> and things like that i think it is it's 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 serious or it thinks it's serious and i think that, that I mean, i'd like to i'd like to say that i'm wrong but you know the amount of like the amount of effort that they go to to make you care about you know Mia and Rose and Ethan like that kind of like incredibly grandiose sacrifice of his at the end goodbye Rosemary it's not surely like that I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's got a sense of humor it looks like it does and should have but I don't think it has a sense of humor and that's a, that's a huge shame I I think like where I come down on that 
stuff and the way it functions is I don't know and I don't know how much you know how how fertile the ground is of of digging through like what do they do intentionally and what's unintentional of course yeah yeah we can't Um, know that no like I know you I know what you mean with that but like this the sense I get is kind of that these games and Resident Evil at this point and this is something that comes up in the article you wrote for the site, and it's something that the article that um, will be up or about to go up when, when this comes out uh, by Emma Kostopoulos is like sort of touches on some similar stuff, is that it feels like a game that's like sort of like trying to swim across a lake, and it used to be able to swim across a lake all the time, but it's got all these rocks in its trunks now and it's like just Mm -hmm. trying like it feels Mm -hmm. like like i think that was there is still stuff until you get to that boat section like the crash ship section in seven Mm. where i think if if it had wrapped up differently around there i think you could make a good argument for this game for seven being like a really fun and at times like somewhat like legitimately kind of unsettling game that kind of balanced like the resident evil humor and an action and and more deliberate kind of like puzzle solving stuff and blah 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 all that stuff together but then it's like someone said well if we don't tie this into you know the previous 20 years of games then this is worthless yeah you know so then it has to do that and it's like it feels like the same thing with this to a large degree, even though it's, I think, less explicit until... I think they, they, even though they have Chris, like, popping up throughout this thing, I think they do manage to, like, integrate, like, the greater series history stuff, um, like, the fiction stuff more... Not elegantly, that would be too high praise, but a little bit better than Seven did. But it's like... Mm. It's like there's a bunch of people sitting around saying, what is Resident Evil, and they have a mood board... And I'm, mm. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the case. Like a lot of fucking money goes into this stuff, and they're saying, "Well, it's scary, it's funny, it's action, it's puzzle solving, it's, you know, this, you know, uh, mm. whatever version of rich history of like fictional universe that we have to draw upon, and like all this shit." And then I think at this point, it's like after seven was kind of their shot at like really shaking the whole thing up and and saying well let's let's start this again without the baggage it feels like now that they've embraced all the baggage again and added on to it it's like they're doomed that's that's so interesting um so you know i'm going to take a slightly jagged road to my point here but just just bear with me so um i remember when Casino Royale came out in 2006 and it, it felt like, you know, it's a complete reinvention, well not complete reinvention, but a reinvention of the Bond character. And one of the ways they were going to reinvent the Bond character is now there's there's no Q, there's no money penny, mm-hmm. there's no much not much interaction with MI6 and we're we're more or less, you know, it skips through the kind of history and the sort of setup of the Bond character in the, in the pre-title sequence. And then that and then you know, we're that's it. We're into this, we're into this whole new Bond era. 
Um, and it was great, and it, you know, it, it's it's exciting and it's energetic. And then you get to you get to like four, well, three films later, you get to Spectre, and Money Penny is back, uh-huh. and Q is back, and Tanner is back, and M is now Ray Fiennes, which means he's now, you know, doing doing mission stuff, like he's doing in the field stuff. And there's a sequence towards the end of Spectre where. They're going to find Blofeld, Christoph Waltz's Blofeld. Yeah, and Blofeld is in it again, too. And Blofeld is in it again as well. And they have to take two cars. You know, because, like, there's, there's, so, there's, like, Bond, Money, Penny, M, Q, Tanner. They're in two cars because they've, just, they've brought everything back by that point. And, you know, the, 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 the film is, you know, just sort of struggling now and drowning under the weight of all of this old stuff. Now... And what a perfect metaphor that would be if you were reviewing that movie and pointing that out that like that they have to take two cars at this point to to get to where they're going. To yeah, yeah. Um now with Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 4 begins with oh, you know, there's the racket, you know, the, the opening like monologue from Leon, there's the Raccoon City thing, Umbrella's stock price went down the toilet and that's it, they're gone now. And it's like, right, new era. You know, we're just we're kind of wiping the slate clean now. By the end of Resident Evil Four, oh, Umbrella's back, and actually they were never gone away, and it's all been kind of about Umbrella. But because it ends there, Resident Evil Four, that's fine. Like it, it, it it's it. You know, that's Casino Royale, where Casino Royale ends with like, oh, it's Quantum. It's this organization, Quantum, which which we want to call Spectre, but we can't yet because we haven't got the rights back until 2015. <laughs> but yeah, so Resident Evil 4 works because they do dispose of so much of the older stuff. They pay like lip service to it, but then they let it go. Resident Evil 5, Resident Evil 6, Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 8. And now we're at a point where not only are they trying to incorporate everything from every other Resident Evil game ever made, but also now we've got to do Ethan Winter's story, all this stuff about the mold. Now we've got all this new cast of villains. And... Whatever happened to this is a this is a creepy mansion and there's there's puzzles, you know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I like Resident Evil One, you know, just a wonderfully simple premise. This is a creepy mansion. There's been a virus outbreak. There are zombies and and you've got to solve puzzles to get out. Resident Evil Two, again, you know, all of that stuff from the first one. Except now it's in a city. So you know, we're just we're taking like 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 Alien to Aliens. We're going from, you know, this kind of secluded environment to now it's, you know, writ large. But then by the time you get to the first Resident Evil 3, which although it does have a really good CGI opening, is now talking about, like... It's now talking about, like, oh, the, the, the origins of Umbrella and, and, and what they're trying to do and they intentionally cause the Raccoon City outbreak and blah, blah, blah. And that's where the series starts to suffocate on itself. Um... Yeah, so I mean, what I'm basically saying is is that partly I, I, I agree completely with the idea that, you know, this is a game that used to be able to, to, to swim freely, but now it is, you know, it's put all of these rocks in its pocket and now it can't even make it, you know, halfway across the, the lake. I, I, I think that's so true. But it's, yeah, and, and I kind of feel like with with that kind of stuff, like, there maybe is a way to have, you know... Uh, I think there's a reason that horror often there's a lot of horror anthologies, you know, because horror I think benefits a lot from from not knowing 
you know, the terms of what you're entering into of, of mm-hmm. being like, you know, I think a lot of fiction does, um, uh, benefits from, from kind of going into it and just saying, you know, take me where you're taking me. Um, but horror, especially, I think when you, when you have this stuff where, you know, it, it stinks in this game that even if you're into what's going on at the beginning, you're thinking, well, how does umbrella, uh, how are they responsible for all of this? Um, you know, in, in whatever roundabout way, which, you know, of course you do know how Umbrella relates to everything that happens in this game by the end. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, and this is not a thing that I think anyone would do in modern commercial media, but I think if you want to have that kind of like specter feel, you want to have them kind of the, this, this overarching uh, organization that's kind of like revealed a little bit at the end of everything and is is kind of creeping in um you have to end your series you have to you know you can you can tease that stuff a few times without giving away too much and then you need to end it you need to say well this is what was going on and Mm. and this is the thing um it's almost like you know it's it's an imperfect uh was it on her majesty's secret service continuing the bond theme if if you Mm. had if they had, you know, well, that would probably work better if it was still Connery at that point. But if they had ended with, you know, Spectre uh, kills Bond's new wife, um, you know, th- there's an ending to that. You've you've culminated what you're doing, or you have one more film that's entirely about Bond taking down Spectre in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same with Resident Evil. I think by the time you get to, you know, this is numbered eight, but it's not eight. It's Mm, it's mm. you know i don't let me look that up let let me look that up let me go sorry i'm I'm still listening let me just try and find a list of resident evil games and this is just the get this will just be the games as well not the films not the books not the animations what's your what's your guess before you do it i'm guessing like 26 if if we're just doing the games yeah um okay uh game list here we go we're just doing the games. I I would I would guess I'm gonna go with twenty. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, four. This is good. Five, this is good audio. Six. <laughs> sorry. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. Eleven. Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Sixteen. Seventeen. Eighteen. Nineteen. Twenty. 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. Wow. 27. I was one off. You were one off, man. And that's that's remakes and spin-offs and, you know, main series. Hmm. 27. 27 games. <laughs> when did, um, and when did Resident Evil 1 come out? The original PlayStation 1? 1996. So, uh, that's, so what, 25 years 25 years yeah because they did that it was the 25th anniversary this year um so so they're batting why they're nearly yeah more than a game a year the re- i know it's the 25th anniversary this year because um it was the year that um because you, cause you got re25 tattooed on your forehead <laughs> that's right yeah yeah now there's a there's a writer called alex i've got his book here alex anil a-n-i-e-l and he released Itchy Tasty, an unofficial history of Resident Evil to mark 25 years of Resident Evil. And he released it this year. That's still sitting on my bookshelf. Um, 
I've got to finish reading Lonesome Dove, <laughs> which is, you know, this amazing kind of Pulitzer Prize winning epic, and then I'm going to read Alex and Neil's Itchy Tasty. <laughs> well, you know, don't discount it just yet. That's a good name for a book, no. actually, for a Resident Evil book. It is. It is. The best, the most memorable file in Resident Evil history uh, is the Itchy Tasty diary that you find in the first Resident Evil game. The best Resident Evil game. Today's also, when we're recording this, is also Bloomsday. <clears throat> so I think you've got a lot of reading to do tonight. It's also what? Bloomsday. What's Bloomsday? It's uh, the day that Ulysses takes place on. Oh, I've not read any James Joyce, you know. Well, just breeze through Ulysses tonight. Yeah, I'll just get that open now. I mean, it's 20 to 8. I should be finished by... Oh, I can read that in about half an hour. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it's it's breezy. Um, sorry, yeah. So, I, I guess the point of that was that when you when you get to uh, twenty seven games, um, I, I think uh, the, the the ability to kind of like have your your secret evil organization um, be an effective kind of like background plot point is is mm. not going to work anymore. Uh, and I wonder how much of that too is just like, you know, it's partially a condemnation of like, of what these, of of like the media landscape these days that, you know, we're on Resident Evil twenty seven. Mm. You know, uh, we're on Resident Evil twenty seven, and not only are we on Resident Evil twenty seven, um, Resident Evil twenty seven has to, in some way, incorporate, you know, the the past twenty six Resident Evils. Yeah, it's got to uh, get the best parts of all of them into it. Yeah. And I... What you were saying before about, you know, the sort of mood board, I, I think this is one of the re- one of the reasons that... You know, to, to me, Resident Evil does feel like a... It, it feels like a series now that has, has lost its way. Like, whenever I read stuff about Seven, or even when I've read stuff about Village... Fuck it, I'm calling it Eight. I'm not calling it Village. Whenever I read stuff about no, Seven... Call it 27. I call it Resident Evil 26. Yeah, okay, yeah. Whenever I read stuff about 26... No, actually 26. That'd be 24. Because Resident Evil 2 Remake would be 25. Resident Evil 3 Remake would be 26. So, yeah. So whenever I read stuff about 27 and 24... <laughs> you know, they, they, they talk about how... Um, oh, shit. I forgot what my point was now. Oh, yeah, they talk about how... You know, this was, this was like finding Resident Evil's sort of thread again and, and, and return. They say that rooms. every time. It's such horseshit. It's, <laughs> it's such horseshit. It's, you know, it's a but, great marketing point when you have something that's existed for this long, right? To say whatever that means to you, it's it's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you thought Resident Evil was scary. Okay, well, that's, that's what this is. Um, you thought it was all about puzzles. Well, this one's got puzzles. Um... Yeah, I, I, they, but this is journalists I'm talking about as well. You know, this is this is reviews that say that Resident Evil Seven marks a return, or Resident Evil Eight marks a return to the 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 roots and the sort of nucleus of the series. And I, I, I don't, mm. I don't think that's true whatsoever. I'm not saying that necessarily returning to the roots and returning to the nucleus of the series is is going to be a good thing. I'm not saying like that's what they've got to do or anything like that. But I don't think that that's what's being done at all. Um, I mean, it's I think... it's a framework to to couch your feelings about something that are difficult to explain. 
yeah, you know, how much does this fit my model, your model, a model of what the game is supposed to be? Mm -hmm. I think that what's happened or what is happening is this you know throwing off at the wall see what sticks um, and that's why you have the mold I think that's why the mold is is such a, a kind of useful conceit for them because apparently you know the mold the mold can do anything the mold can make anything exist um, the, the, the other you know MacGuffins that they have the T virus and the G virus they did the same but I feel like there was an element of consistency especially in the first two games about what this does to people or what this does to whatever um, maybe I'm wrong but it felt like there was, did it give there people was superpowers element. back then that I don't think it did did it in the first no game? that is the fault of Resident Evil Code Veronica where it's revealed that Wesker survives the events of yeah. of Resident Evil 1 and he comes back and he can do Matrix shit <laughs> and since then the virus the parasite, the mold it can make you do Matrix shit it can make you do vampire shit it can make you do it's a nanomachine. You know, nanomachine shit exactly um, so that's why they've got the, the mold now where it can make any character and any superpower, like we've got a guy in this one who can no, who's Magneto? We've got Magneto. We've got we've got um, an actual vampire. We've, we've got a vampire. We've got werewolves. We've got we've got Psychomantis from Metal Gear Solid with the puppet. We've got how did I um, how did I not connect her to Psychomantis? I'm slipping. Yeah. Ahead. my my view my uh, frame of reference isn't, <laughs> isn't because because on of video the games enough. <laughs> because of the puppeteering thing, because of the puppeteering thing, I would say that uh, she's more like Laughing Octopus <laughs> from Metal Gear Solid Four. Oh yes, I'm more. Was it Screaming Screaming Mantis? Yes, I'm more, I'm more direct evocation of uh, Screaming Mantis from um, which you'll remember you fight by shooting off the uh, two uh, dolls that she carries with her and manipulating them in order to win the fight in a clear throwback to a great moment in Metal Gear Solid 1 when you approach a psych... Sorry, I'm a... Oh, God. As you approach Psycho Mantis and you, you slip the... And back at the time, when you change an input on your television, it would say video. So you'll notice here it says Hideo, which is just one letter away from... <laughs> and you'll see Meryl Silverberg is making sexual <laughs> innuendo, which is fourth wall breaking. And funnily enough, it's one of my first sexual experiences myself, uh, which I wrote about extensively in my... <laughs> in my column. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, she was... You know what? That, that is the voice. That's my YouTube the... channel. That... <laughs> it's called Game Time. <laughs> Welcome to welcome to another uh, episode of Game Time. Uh, oh, Christ, today I'm just going to share some of my exciting knowledge about video games. <laughs> today we're going to be looking at how they changed the character design of Yuna from Final Fantasy X to Final Fantasy X 2 to make her resemble something more like a J-pop idol. Which also reflected my own burgeoning interest in in in, in uh, Japanese media at the time and my own <laughs> thoughts about 
music and sexuality. <laughs> I was living in a university dorm room at the time and I got picked on a lot. <laughs> it was a diff difficult time, but it meant a lot to me. Um, uh, so yeah, anyway, that's... that's that's uh, I forgot my point now, but yeah, well, we've got yeah we got the so right that was what I was saying. So now, now Resident Evil is anything and everything. That's why they have the mold because it lets them be anything and everything. Um, and you know, some people I think would say, well, that's a good thing, you know, because they can put all of these crazy ideas in. Yeah, we can have the Magneto guy, and we can have the the Psychomantis woman, and we can have the vampire and the werewolves, and. Uh, and we can play as someone who has this miraculous, crazy healing ability, and blah 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 blah. But what I've, I think, what I have learned over my, first of all, my life, second of all, my career, such as it can be called, reviewing video games, is that the ability and the sort of license to do crazy things gets real fucking old real fast the game yeah. that broke me the game that really really did it for me was agents of mayhem where you know the premise everything about it is you can do what the hell you like and it's it's yeah. crazy fun and i was you know I, I i one of the most boring experiences of my entire life and then you get things like you know, I think other games like Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, Grand Theft Auto 5 and all of these, it's why I've never played Minecraft, it's why I've never played Gary's Mod that the ability to you know, kind of experience and do whatever you want actually gets fucking dull in games and I think that what you get in Resident Evil Village is hey, you know, there's the Magneto guy there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this but it's all fucking meaningless it doesn't, it doesn't have any it doesn't attach to anything. It doesn't have a home. It doesn't have any sort of root. It's just anything can happen. And when anything can happen, nothing matters. You know, like you get your hand cut off. Wow, oh my God, you know, what, what, what might that mean? That could have some real interesting implications for the character. And, oh no, he's put it back on because he's, <laughs> he's, got, mold, he's got mold powers. Yeah, it's like at the, um, uh, at the beginning of it, when he gets a bunch of his fingers bitten off by a werewolf when he first runs into one. Um, and then he's kind of, you're, you're playing as Ethan and he's, he's shooting. And I think you're shooting with sort of the one hand on the pistol. And yeah. every time you see his hand, it's just these like bloody stumps and it just looks disgusting and bad. And I was kind of thinking like, well, this is sort of interesting. Like, are they going to, you know, at least kind of try to couch like, when you're reloading a shotgun or something, you're going to see his his horribly bandaged hand, like kind of like you know doing it with his forearm and his one mm -hmm. good hand or something. But you know, it's um, and this isn't as silly as him cutting his hand off and then just like sticking it back on. Which there's a version of this game where that is perfect. You know, where he does that, yeah, and it's perfect. Um, yeah. And it's not explained. And in this game, you know it's it's going to be explained. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't have that kind of feeling to it. But, um, you know, and then he, he wraps up his fingers, and then 
to their credit, he at least doesn't just grow his fingers back or something. You do get to see his left hand all mauled and fucked up uh, for the entire game, but it doesn't matter in any way. Mm. It's, it's not... Um, which, you know, is something that can be kind of interesting, like, you know, not to relate everything to, like, Metal Gear Solid, but like, can you remember in the in 3 and stuff when he gets his... Uh, snake oh, gets his eye out. poked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And then every I time mean, you go into it, first person, it has this shadow on one side mm. of it that kind of limits your viewpoint. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of Kojima games are, are more interested in reflecting in the design, like, what's shown narratively. Um Mm. When character gets injured, it's you know, uh, which I think is is something that I wish we kind of saw more of. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's just sort of, it doesn't matter. And I think you could get away with it not mattering if the entire game had this kind of like the 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 kind of feel you get from that first encounter with all the monsters, or when you know his arm sliced off and then he puts it back on and pours the healing liquid on it and you know it's it's good to go again and his jacket i think is stitched up again magically too um Mm. there's like a a version of this where the entire game is sort of like delirious and just kind of like madcap you know if it Mm. if it kind of had that like raimi thing more explicitly where you know like evil dead too like ash just you know, like putting the chainsaw on his arm and it's like, well, that, yeah. that's something that works here. If the entire game kind of operated on that logic, but it doesn't because it hedges its bets, I think, on on wanting to say, we know this is like outlandish, so here's why it works for our in-universe ideas, um, which is a, you know, a common thing in games that I, well, I don't care for. That That's really interesting again because... You're absolutely right. Like it, it, it's meant to be like you know anything can happen. You can do anything, but actually the game is really sort of inaudacious because although like anything can happen, mold and, and vampire and blah blah, you still got to collect fucking coins to buy guns and upgrade <laughs> your guns. You still got to check the map. You still got to, you know, um, own fucking points to buy upgrades and all of this kind of stuff you still got to jump through so many hoops and also there are so many aspects of this game where it's extremely such as you can be extremely toothless what the fuck is going on where you've got you know this obvious like you know dominatrix seductress succubus figure and she there's there's nothing there's no, there's nothing yeah. She doesn't, like, make any kind of sexual innuendo. She doesn't make any sexual innuendo. Let alone, like, you know, do anything. Uh, So fucking, like, oh, anything can happen except anything. Well, that's... Yeah, I mean, I wrote about this from, like, a slightly different angle in the thing I wrote for this month's bullet points. But, like, this game is, like, super... um, like very conservative in a way yes. that like sometimes you see that in in certain horror that a lot of it you know certain stuff like horror can be anything right but it can also be extremely conservative while looking like it's not uh, on mm-hmm. the surface and this game is very much like you know you you have the premise of 
this giant vampire lady who has like her three uh you know surrogate vampire daughters who burst into flies and stuff and down in their cellar they're turning you know they're draining the blood of virgins to make their special vampire blood wine and you know you have this stuff and that's like like okay like that's that's great and kind of florid like as a premise but it's nothing you know they they the only time that much is made of it is when they put you on a, a hook a meat hook and kind of leave you there and and that's about it you don't see these characters they're not like that that part where they kind of like taunt ethan as he's up on the hook is the closest it comes to making them kind of uh organic biological Mm. as as Mm. you know i don't think a monster that doesn't seem like it actually wants to eat you or do whatever Mm. it's going to do to you is very frightening like yeah they seem like they're you know you get grabbed by lady dimitrescu and she just you know it's a short animation and retry it's not um there's no menace and there's like at least with like you know there's the imagery with the the three younger vampires that like they have the blood on their mouths and like that kind of makes you think like okay they're gonna go for something here and this woman is like kind of their boss and their mother and there's like a lot of loaded stuff here and there are these three women who are like we're living in this castle uh you know this very archaic uh building that like these three women or or four women rather have inhabited and taken over and they're living there just the four of them no men around men are just coming in as food and there's nothing there's no menace there's no sexuality to it there's no it's just like cold and and you know it's the same thing with the werewolf stuff too like those guys first start coming at you and you're like well this is kind of neat they kind of look like humans but like i don't know remember like in the order 1886 when the werewolves Mm -hmm. like had their dicks hanging out a bunch of the times and you're like oh well that makes them more like kind of gets into the werewolf imagery more it's like the same thing with this is just like it's sanitized it's i don't know i yeah i completely agree with you with like there's just like a weird kind of prudishness or or just like a, a like a disinterest like a clinical kind of like clinical horror especially body horror i don't think gets you anywhere right it doesn't i don't know and the vampires and the werewolf are such like you know they're they're monsters about in large part sexuality and gender right like that's what makes them powerful sort of like iconography Mm. I don't know. And then you just like... No, you're right. It's like the Overwatch thing, and then you just put these characters out on the internet and let the fans make up the stories for them. Let the fans do the work of of yeah. taking the imagery and building it into something themselves. And then you can say, we did that. But they didn't yeah. do it. I don't know. It's disappointing. I, I, I totally... You know, the one thing that you said there about, you know, that there's, there's these women with blood down their faces... Did you find the file that even explains that away? Even sanitizes the, With fact the blood that on their faces. Blood, yeah. No, I, I don't think so. There's a there's a file where it's Lady Dimitrescu explaining how she created them, and she says that when they were when they were first emerged from their pods, for some reason they had these weird stains that had appeared on their face that looked like blood. But it's not even blood. 
Oh. It's just it's just like, oh yeah, they've got these weird like birthmarks. They've got these weird sort of imperfections on their skin that make it look like they've been they've been drinking blood. Oh yeah, that blood. They, like they can't even let that fucking stand. There's a lot of stuff I think in this game where I think that the the concept artists and the character designers are you know, they're doing a great job. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, I think that a lot of it's so fucking derivative. Well, yeah, some of it is, but like I think the vampire ladies they are I think they look great. I think it looks great when Lady Dimitrescu like it sort of clumps around these spaces that are made for like a normal height human and she's like uh when when you're watching her to avoid getting caught by her and she's like crouching over and kind of shuffling through a door i think that's mm. like a great visual thing i think the the vampire ladies like birthmark aside i think them having like these bloody faces kind of like you know like wolves or something that have just like taken their snouts out of out of an elk mm. um I think that's great, and th- I think like the Heisenberg like Nazi imagery stuff could be something. It's not. Um, I think the the Frogman. Uh, I think is, I think he's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's totally wasted, but I think he's just such a pathetic and gross and sort of charming in like a gross monster way kind of character. But they're just like they're let down by how they're used and how they're explained. And mm. you know, like Heisenberg especially, it just becomes fucking nothing. Yeah, After the tank battle thing, like yeah, they just talk it down. Like everything gets talked down. They just talk every every character, every setting gets gets talked down. Um, and I think that that just on the point of the settings there, I think that's one of the problems that I have with. Let's take for example that castle that you that you really is like the first kind of major setting of the game mm-hmm. and you get there and it's vast and it's and it's you know it's it's macabre and it's foreboding and then after like 60 70 minutes you know uh you've got the keys for everything everything fits together everything locks together there's a simple path that you can follow around and it becomes just another you know very very straightforward environment is like almost too grand of a word it's it's just another sort of track to, to run around I can't remember who wrote it and I, I wish I could because I, I'd like to credit them but it was it was an article comparing the level design of Dark Souls to the level design of Demon Souls and the writer made a point that one of the things that Dark Souls is celebrated for is how you walk through one environment, find the back door, go up a staircase, and then, oh my god, you're back at, you know, Firelink mm-hmm. Shrine or something. It all, eventually, it all becomes this, you know, almost like Rube Goldberg machine of, you know, it all kind of follows a path and ends up back at the same place. But what that does is make the world seem that more kind of you know gamified and mechanical and sort of as a result you know artificial and sort of prosaic whereas in demon souls yes it's not as kind of clever and meticulous the fact that you have to like teleport to one area versus another but what that does do is create a sense of you know mystery and um uh what's the word you know the obscurity and you know uh, 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 and, and wonder so 
you know, I think that that's like the experience of playing through one of the environments in this game, and it's actually true of like a lot of the Resident Evil games. You know, you just gradually they get talked down and talked down and talked down until they're just a set of corridors <coughs> that everything unlocks and connects together. Um, yeah. The last, the la This is like a small gripe as well. I, I, I just it links into what we're talking about, and I just want to say it before we before we move on or anything. If we're talking about like how everything gets talked down and the sort of lack of audacity or and, and, and the sort of restraint, like the weird application of restraint. The guns in this game sound terrible. Yeah. No, they that's sound true. pathetic. And if we're doing a game where or it was supposed to be a you know, a game where vampires, werewolves, this and that and then the combat is so bloody kind of meek. Uh, and, and sort of doubtful. It reminds me of like the shooting in Half-Life or Half-Life 2 where it's like, we want you to think of this game as anything, God, anything except a shooter. So we're going to make the shooting really, really bad because we want, you know, this is meant to be cleverer than that. This is meant to be puzzles and look at the characters and listen to the story. Don't worry about the guns. Guns are silly. Oh, but we are going to still have them in the game. Um, yeah, like if you're going to do big... This is meant to be, you know, that, that scene that you talked about at the start where you've got all of the villains laid out and they're screaming and shouting and arguing. This is like a statement right at the start of the game. Maximalism. You know, we're in the first five minutes yeah. we've met our baby and our wife's been killed and we've been dragged out of our house. Boom. But then the game kind of, you know, this is a, you know, kind of a, a, a sort of sexist metaphor, but nevertheless the game loses its bollocks and it's just so dial back well and i think too like uh precedent pays uh is like pretty important in that sense too like even within the game when chris uh comes in and, and shoots mia it's like or you know mia in quotation marks mm. it's that gun is is a powerful looking gun you know the the effect of it is is very dramatic and violent um but then you look at even resident evil 7 because i replayed that uh a few months back um because i knew i was going to write about uh 7 in comparison to village and kind of like where these things had gone so i wanted to revisit it and the pistol in that game feels like much much better than mm. the, the original pistol in this game um the one in this one, it, it felt like, I kind of, like, it just seemed like there just wasn't proper feedback. And you look at, like, I think 4, like Resident Evil 4 is is one of the, the standouts of action, like, shooters in, in video games. Like, the way that every gun in that game feels, like, starting from that pistol that you, you first come into it with. Like, that stuff is just, like... I don't know, can easily lead you down the same kind of path as, like, the Doom stuff of just, like, mm. really <laughs> waxing poetic about uh, pretty gnarly digital violence. But, like, like that stuff, like, Resident Evil, you know, I, I think there has a history of, of some weaponry stuff that's, like, really impactful. And this one is is weird how kind of lifeless that stuff feels. For, for years... My my favorite video game gun 
was you get the shotgun in the original Resident Evil 2 and then you get the you get the shotgun parts which which turn it into the advanced shotgun. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is before this is before I really like played Doom. This is before I'd really like discovered the the super shotgun which as we as we know is the is the best gun. It's the gold standard. Um is the gold standard. Um but yeah, Resident Evil 2 was you know, my 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 metric for whether I thought a game was good was does it have a shotgun in it and Resident Evil 2 had the king of shotguns um, yeah and and the shotgun the fucking like engraved shotgun just looks so stupid and <laughs> I, I kept thinking of um, we're going back to Metal Gear Solid it was like the, the engraving gives you no tactical advantage whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I really just like weak weaponry, and it it sounds like you know what what bothers me about that as a criticism is it sounds like a sort of pedantic kind of testosterone or it, it does, like, but it is. I but mean, it's 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 a fucking shooting game. If yeah. you go see a horror film and the monsters don't look scary, the film is failing at some level. Well, and I I would say that a large like a big part of the pleasure of uh, Resident Evil games is like how tactile a lot of stuff feels. Um, you know, in like when when you're slotting like a, a a piece of a sculpture into it, and you get that sound of stone rubbing on stone, and then like yeah. a thunk, you know, as it goes in, and do, like. Do you remember in Resident Evil Two Remake when you find like the stars badge and you turn it round, you slide it, and like the little USB stick comes out? Yeah, and yeah. You Put that in the computer. You know, yeah, absolutely. Things like that, actually, yeah, they lend so much kind of traction and sort of bite, and yeah, and yeah, and and like you say, like you know, defending the point about being a a, a nerd about the guns is, you know, it's probably you know. A good eighty percent of how you're interacting with everything in this game is by shooting it. So, mm. like, it's it's the same way of if there was no sound of of the characters' feet on different things or something, you'd be like, well, yeah. this feels kind of hollow. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel doesn't feel great. I was gonna say really quickly too, though, about your point with I was gonna ask you, like, because you were saying that the castle felt kind of like hollow to you, mm-hmm. and I kind of agree with that. Like, I felt like I was... I liked the atmosphere of the castle so much, and I liked the extremely detailed, um, like, work that went into all the, like, little... Like, the moldings and, like, just the shining gold and all this different stuff. Like, it was very, you know, impressive to look at. But I kind of, like, felt like I had to, like, force myself to slow down from how the game wanted me to play to kind of mm, appreciate yeah, it, it which is like a very yeah. you know triple a game thing i think is like i feel a sense of guilt sometimes when i'm moving through it at the speed it wants me to because i feel like i'm ignoring people mm. <laughs> people spending uh you know incredible amounts of time making you know really detailed stuff um but i was gonna say uh aside from kind of moving through it too quickly which like gave it a sense of being sort of disposable like what to you made it different than because because i would say like the the mansion in one you know is, mm. a, is a great um space where you spend the entire game in in that mansion and on its grounds 
but like I, I don't really know if I feel the exact same way you do about like to me it's like maybe part of Resident Evil is by the end of it you feel maybe like stronger or, or more mm. more able to like face up against the stuff that you were helpless to before and it's not just because you found better weapons it's also because you've kind of solved the puzzle of you know the the larger interlocking puzzles of the environment itself mm. like okay I, I think i think i know what's different i think i know what's different um and it relates uh you know without wanting to sort of raise my own flag here but it, it relates to something i wrote about when i wrote about this game for for the website um so in in the original Resident Evil, you you arrive at the mansion, and, that, and like you just said, that's where you spend the game. And and the objective, so much as the game can be described as having an objective, is survive and then escape from the mansion. Mm -hmm. right? And you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's in there. You've got no idea. Or you know, let's you know, we're presuming that you're playing it for the first time. You don't know what's in there, and um, I think that that helps first of all. That does two things. One, the fact that you're in there the entire game and yours and the character's motivations are to get out of there, I think lends it a kind of like authority and a presence mm -hmm. and um, a gravitas. And the fact that you truly don't know who's in here or what's in here also gives it that element of you know tension and, and intrigue and fear. Right. Fast forward to Resident Evil you know, 27. <laughs> And you have that sequence again, going back to the sequence that you described. Uh, Moreau is there, Benevito is there, Heisenberg is there, Dimitrescu is there, mm. the werewolves are there, Mother Miranda is there. And you've played enough games, I would imagine, by this point, you know, this is why I talked about this in, in the article that I wrote, to know that at one point you're going to have to face all of these people. But you've seen them. You've seen them all. You know what's coming. You know, you can fundamentally understand or predict that each one of them has their own area, same as they do in like a Ubisoft game, same as they do in. Uh, I'm trying to give like another example, and suddenly I can't off the top of my head. But I feel like Dishonored has something similar, or, or Assassin's Creed has something similar, where it's you know the lieutenants and you you, you go and fight them in their respective areas. Mm -hmm. So when you arrive in that castle, when you arrive in that castle. You know that it's Lady Dimitrescu's area. You know then that it's going to be quite sort of transient. You know that what you're going to meet here is that boss, is that enemy. And you know that it's kind of eminently escapable and actually only forms like a, a you know, a, a fairly small section of the game. So it feels like disposable and it yeah. feels, it feels kind of um, like trifling in a way that I don't think like that mansion or maybe even the police station does. You know who's in here. You know for a fact that there are at least three other environments you're going to have to go to. Uh, and so this one, you just kind of lose respect for it, I think. Um, so I think that's the problem. If you if you just talk... I mean, that, you know, that cutscene that you talked about, that section that you've talked about, it does have that quality of like a Jim Henson, everything kind of, like labyrinth, like everything just kind of there, kind of, yeah, you know, playing with the idea of who's going to get to kill you. There's something to be said for that. But it just tips the game's hands straight away. Mm -hmm. So all you're doing after that is just ticking off. Okay, I've done that one. That one that was in the room, done. Now I'll go and do the next one that's in the room. And so every kind of environment and every sort of encounter simply becomes 
um, you know, procedural. And the, the, yeah, I, I, I just keep the, just maintain the, the, the mystery, hold something back. What do you it's like this kind of, so I was going to say one last point. It's like this sort of like neuroticism, this like insecurity. We want to show you right from the top. We've got loads for you to do. There's loads of content. Look, yeah. we've got these, we've got these four different people you're going to have to fight and they're all different. Strap yourself in. But just, it's okay. Like we've, we've bought the fucking thing. <laughs> we're we're going to play the whole, well, you know, in the theory, we're going to play the whole fucking thing. Um, Resident Evil One starts with you know just this empty fucking hall, uh, but you're invested because you don't know what's on the right and the left hand side of the empty hall. Resident Evil Village starts with here's everything that's in the mansion, you know, metaphorically speaking, and that to me is is really really sort of there's something about it that's like fucking like disenergizing. Rather than thinking, God, yeah, I can't wait to fight all four of them one after another, I feel like, God, I've got to fight all four one See, after another. I got a little bit of that feeling of, um, on the other hand, but I do agree with you. I think that is why the castle feels, and I think that's part of like what I was kind of saying about like willing myself to slow down because I like the atmosphere of it and I like the way it looked, and I wanted to like kind of appreciate it, like. Uh, you know, it felt like being on like a museum, like an art gallery tour, like a guided thing, and they're like mm. pushing you through, and you, but you like want to kind of hang back and look at stuff a little bit. Mm. Mm. Um, but I, so I agree with you about that, and I do think that's that's part of why it it does feel kind of disposable, and it it doesn't have the same. It feels like oh, this is like essentially a big puzzle. You know, this is mm. this is my uh, three or four hour puzzle in this section, or less than that, I guess. Um, but then the stuff about kind of showing the cards up front, um, I had the feeling of like, I wanted to see these things. I wanted to see mm. like what they were going to do, and then I was kind of disappointed. Like, so yeah, to me, it feels sure. like they can't do that trick again. Uh, like I, I wanted to see Moreau. I wanted to see what he was going to get up to when you first encounter him. It's fantastic, you know. He's this mm. pathetic little frogman who's watching TV and like holding a doll or something and talking about his mother, uh, who doesn't like him. Um, it's very sad. Uh, but then he, you know, turns into right away does the Resident Evil trick of turning into a, a big whale thing and mm. and then becomes that fight. You know how that fight's going to play out. Um, but like, it gave me a little bit of the sense of, you know, you you start playing uh, any of the Metal Gear Solid games, really, until until 5, until V um, and Peace Walker. And they start off and they say, like, listen, here's the, the crew of weirdos who, who have this place locked down, you know? Like, I think, like, in, in Sons of Liberty, they're even, like, this, this gang of freaks who, mm-hmm. <laughs> who are here, and it's kind of like, this person is like this. But it's, I think you can do that and use that as like to build a sense of anticipation, um, mm. if you're capable of kind of pulling the rug on how that stuff is, how those characters are kind of like rolled out. Well, I go back to I go back to Metal Gear Solid again. You know, here we are again. Um, it's it's interesting that I suppose you have got two game series there that you know kind of emerged at roughly the same time and have lived roughly the same amount of time. And I think could be accused of 
of you know faltering in the same ways as they've gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about again going back to Metal Gear Solid One, and you've got that that opening cutscene where Snake is kind of you know swimming through the through the water, and he's also talking to the Colonel on the codec at the same time. And the codec, uh, the Colonel's like, you know, uh, High Tech Special Forces Unit Foxhound, your former unit. And then he says, like, you know, Revolver Ocelot, a formidable gunfighter and a master of interrogation. Uh, Vulcan Raven, Giant and Shaman, Decoy Octopus, Master of Disguise. And that, to me, is, like, tantalizing, right? That's, like, just the right side of it, because it's like, oh, wow, like, who are all these people? We can't, we don't see them. We don't hear them. We don't know what they do. All we're getting is this like little character briefing. Or you get the little um, like Shinkawa, like abstracted. You know, you, you get a shot of like them in a lineup. Yeah, which, yeah, which yeah, isn't exactly. What yes, look like in yeah, the game which is exactly. Yeah, you get those great kind of yeah, like murky yeah, like usual suspects kind of yeah lineup thing, and that then and now does have and did have the effect on me of like you know hands class like that okay let's 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 get into this i'm really i'm really on board um so maybe it's just a case of like you know delivery i think if you put the characters on screen and have them kind of have like a big long conversation where they're also basically showing off their like gimmicks then <laughs> i'm kind of less interested but if you if you just kind of like briefly sort of trail them maybe in the way like a metal gear solid does um yeah maybe it's not like a bad thing a bad thing per se. Yeah. Um, we've gone longer than I expected to. I want to, if you still have, like, a little bit of time. I've got another, I've got, I've got like, another, maybe, like, ten or so minutes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, let's be quick about this then. Okay, go on. Um, I, I did want to talk about stuff that we liked, um, but I think whatever it's it's been you know i I think i've hopefully made clear enough that there are things i do i do like about this game which is essentially when the mood works and i think we discussed that uh what did you think of that house beneviento thing i'm not going to say what i think i'm going to let you say it first is that the ghost one yeah it's i'm I'm not even going to describe it the way i describe it because i would be leading with the puppet it's got a puppet. So, all I kept thinking about that. Okay, so we were just we were, we were talking previously about how Resident Evil Twenty Seven has to incorporate Resident Evils One through Twenty Six. What I kept thinking about when I was playing that was: Have you seen any of the footage of the version of Resident Evil Four that was scrapped? The one that is that the one that kind of became Devil May Cry. It kind of became Devil May Cry, and it's often referred to now as Resident Evil 3.5. Mm-hmm. And I think it exists primarily now. Unlike, unlike the version of Resident Evil 2, which was scrapped, which has actually been like kind of salvaged and released as a, as a, as a game on its own, uh, 3.5 exists basically only in trailers. And it's got this kind of like... I think it takes, takes place on board like a Zeppelin or an airship or something, partly. And it's got this sort of steampunk aesthetic. And, and Leon is fighting... Well, are basically ghosts, and these ghosts attack him via, you know, possessing puppets, hmm. and that is essentially what I kept I kept thinking about. So I kept thinking about it in terms of one, um, you know, they just can't let go of any ideas. Two, it's like 
of fan service for the most devout fan. There's someone there. If you went into the Resident Evil Reddit or something like that, he'd be saying, "God, this is this is similar to that version well, of Resident and, Evil Four we never got." And you and me, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, I'm on. I, I'm a member of the Resident Evil Reddit. <laughs> I'm on. I post on the Resident Evil Reddit. So yeah, I, I live that life. Like I'm here. I'm here. You know, cutting into village. But I've I've got my. I'm like a retired fucking four star general who's who's criticizing the Iraq War, right? Okay, I've earned but, my but fucking fought stripes. But fought in the Gulf War, exactly. Um, we shouldn't have been there. Is what I'm saying. We shouldn't. We shouldn't have been in the village. No. Um, so I, you know, that's what I kept thinking about, and then I also kept thinking about because it's like you know, it's inside and it's it's domestic and you know, da, 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 and there's the is that the one with the baby? Does the baby thing happen in that sequence as well? Yeah, which... Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. what I kept thinking was... PT was fucking six years ago. It's never coming out. <laughs> Everyone needs to let it go. All the people doing the remakes of PT on the PC, this, that, and the other. Uh, just that. forget it. Forget it. So I, did, I, I think that my overarching response to it was... You know, this is fan service. I can see what they're trying to do here. They can't even, you know, as well as having to incorporate the past 26 Resident Evil games, they're now trying to bring in stuff from the, the ones that were abandoned. Mm -hmm. um, and they're trying to kind of steal the clout of, of PT. I, I thought that too. I at least uh, kept waiting to get scared. I got shocked when the thing first runs out because it, uh, I will say that thing looks great. I think it's. Uh, I think the way it fills that hallway is is effective, and the noises it mm. makes are uh, not pleasant to listen to. But that's you know mm. because I'm a, I am a, <laughs> a member of a, an anti-natalist Reddit group, <laughs> so the sound yeah. of a baby crying. That's that's my uh, my umbrella. Um, but yeah, it it also I feel like it it's like kind of worthless to. I mean, we've talked about this on like an old Halloween episode or something too. But like, what scares you is so is so personal, and like sometimes like dissecting like the, the efficacy of a scare is like dissecting a joke. Like it's not always that useful. So you know, I'm not saying this like mm, it didn't scare me, but I it it left me pretty cold. Like mm -hmm. the things I appreciated about it were like I didn't like how loud the baby noises were and it made me go oh when it first jumped out at me and yeah. and that's kind of the effect it had um i like the well i thought that was ominous and that's about it mm. i was just wondering what you what you thought about that because that also to me felt like that section like was really a, another sort of i think you could you could praise certain things about the variety in this game but i think it also isn't unif that variety isn't kind of like brought together properly to make the game feel like it's confident in what it's doing and that mm. sequence to me felt like you know we can do a pt here a little mm. pt while also in my opinion missing what makes pt frightening do a little do a little pt for the people it's, it's, it's drop a little pt right there. Mm. don't be shy Calcom. do a little do a little pt for the for the ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Come on, hey! Yeah. Shit! I mean, you, you did a nine foot tall vampire lady. At least you can do is a little is a little PT. <laughs> Just give him a little PT. 
<laughs> Come on, like we like we were talking about. Do a little do a little PT here for the for the good ladies and gentlemen. Oh, look at it. a bunch of them loved it. See, they loved your PT. <laughs> you didn't need to be shy. It's, it, look at them. Look at them. They're clapping. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, being aware of how much time you have, maybe we should wrap things up then. Sure, sure. Um, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything. Okay, there's one last thing actually I did want to say, and this isn't like starting a new line of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the fact that his hands keep getting fucked up. Uh-huh. I think that's only because <laughs> I think it's only because it's a first-person game and they can't show any other part of his body. Yeah. So they want to show like a visceral bit of wounding, but yeah. because he's just basically hands and a gun. Yeah. It just has to keep getting fucked in the hands. It is it is it is funny when they when it keeps happening when you're like mm. this this is good. But like, you know, there's some stuff that like has gone around and floated around in ether where they're like, you know, what's Capcom got against hands? And it's like, well it's a yeah. first, it's a first person game. That's what they have against hands. <laughs> yeah, they've painted themselves into that sort of visual corner. You know, they, they might maybe branch out and have something against the occasional foot. Uh, when the yeah. when the camera is uh, not controlled, I guess the last thing I'll say is, uh, and I'll just leave this without explanation. I like the sort of night vision Call of Duty sequence in this. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually pretty good. I thought that was a good, uh, good way to to flip that and to tie things up. Um, I think the idea of replaying this game, which is something that is usually nice to do with Resident Evil, uh, seems far too daunting because I think like a sixth of this game you have to watch cutscenes that you don't care about or walk slowly mm. through things anyway those are my last points well that's that then until until Resident Evil 9 uh, until Resident Evil 9 slash 30 28 33 no because there will be a well, few before 9 oh yeah that's true shit well apparently apparently Resident Evil 9 will have the longest development journey of any Resident Evil is a new story that I saw uh, maybe yesterday, um, so yeah, it could be it could be a while. Yeah, you know that's at one point I think the doctor when I was eleven said I was going to have the longest development journey of any <laughs> McCarter title, but I beat the odds and <laughs> and finished developing about age five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. I uh, I was only in the womb for uh, two two months and three days and I mm. hit puberty at the age of three and a half mm. and completed it and I'm now I became an old man at the age of 17 um okay so that's that Ed uh do you want <laughs> do you want to point people toward anything other than your article I'm just imagining you have you seen Akira I've seen, seen a- Akira I've seen Akira do you remember the sort of like old baby that floats around in yeah, that I in that, that like little that, that little guy. pod the little pod thing? Yes. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, he's so that's, weird that's, looking. That, that was you. That was what you looked like. That's that's when you were four. That guy kind of looks like a, a famous um, person who used to be in the video game space who <laughs> who became like an alt right commenter. Actually, that's kind of how I picture him posting. <laughs> I think I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just kind of looks like an old baby. <laughs> he looks like an old. He looks like an old baby. An old angry baby. <laughs> Colicky baby. He's like I got colic In- and arthritis. 
This is horrible. Um, Sorry, you were saying something before then. No, now I'm just thinking that I love that guy. He's like blue, I think, too. Yeah, he's blue and he's, he wears pajamas and he hovers around in that in that little capsule. Um, Unlike this alt-right commenter I'm thinking of, though, as well, I always felt kind of like sad for him. Like he made me feel like yeah. I want to protect him. In yeah. Some way. Um, there's not enough. There's not enough bike stuff in that film. You always think there's going to be more with the bikes, and there's like one bike scene. The bike stuff um, that's there is good enough that you it it lingers more heavily in the memory than how much is actually in there. The film's not that good. I, I just wish it was mostly bikes. I like how goopy it gets at the end. Yeah, sure. I like the old baby. I like the music. Yeah. I can't do an impression of the Akira soundtrack. <laughs> you oh, put that bad. on Spotify here. Acapella. Yeah, regular Reggie Watts over there. Just making me believe I'm hearing a full orchestra. Yeah, Ed, turn that Akira soundtrack off. We're trying to do the podcast. Um, yeah, look out for the Akira podcast. Um, the Akapira. Aka, there's a pun in there somewhere. That's your, Come on, sorry. sorry. Uh, where, do you want to point people toward anything right now? Uh, no, to actually. Silent Hill ongoing. Uh, that's, I, I kind of left that. Because they released a book about Silent Hill 2. I know, but what you did is, is good. It's worth pointing people uh, At the moment, I'm I'm trying to find a new house. I'm getting married in a month. I'm... This is... Nobody care. They care about what you produce, not about... I'm start. Yeah, I know. The yeah. They care about my Silent Hill 2 book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like... I'm doing some training in my, you know, to go up to the next stage and like teaching. I'm I'm a busy busy man at the moment, so the Silent Hill two book has uh, fallen by the wayside. And I'm just writing other things that I prefer writing. I'll tell you what, I will give one I will give one plug, actually. I'll give one plug. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not really to something that's mine. It's something that I've worked on mm. and it's out imminently. Yes. Um there's a game uh developed by Friend of the show, patron actually of this show. Um, there we are. There's full disclosure. This isn't a paid plug, but he is a patron of the show. Uh, Johannes Troyens, who's a, a, a Belgian first-time game maker, yeah. and he's a, he's about to release a game called uh, Neurocracy. So like N E U R O Cracy, like bureaucracy, but neurocracy. Um, and that's a that's a I, I really like it. It's a really novel idea where the game is basically a uh, a Wikipedia, but uh, it's the Wikipedia of, of 2049. And through kind of falling down a bit of a Wikipedia hole and, and, and browsing through all of the articles and clicking links and whatever, opening tabs, you can gradually solve this sort of murder mystery of this kind of tech giant in, in the year 2049. So uh, I've, I've done a little bit of writing on it. I think he's trying to release it in time for end of July. Um, like the first episode. On, Right, the it's first episode is 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 episodic, and I think you can find that uh, at Neurocracy twenty forty nine. Um, I think the first episode is going to be releasing July fourteenth, twenty twenty one. 
Yes, before <clears throat> I knew that you or anyone else uh, was doing writing on that, I played the the demo of it mm. um, back before it was it was properly announced. And yeah, it's cool. I'm looking forward to checking that out. Although, um, yeah, I'm going to try to review it uh, and make sure the Metacritic score goes live, and so I can. Um, uh, what, what did they like to say? Collude. I'm going to collude. You're going to collude with. Uh... With neurocuracy. Yeah, I'm going to try to get five bucks for it, for my collusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to be able to write anything about that, but um, here's my deeply compromised way of saying that. I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, yeah, that's my plug. That's my plug. Are you plugging anything today? Uh, just my fingers and my ears as I uh, listen back to the audio of this as I edit it. Sure. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll say really quickly, as quickly as I can, uh, read the month at bulletpointsmonthly.com on Resident Evil Village. Uh, you can read Ed's article in there. Um, I have one in there. Uh, there's one from fellow Superculture uh, Network site runner Gareth Damien Martin on there, and there's one by Emma Kostopoulos on there who we're working with for the first time. And then we have stuff on Resident Evil 2 Remake um, from years past. We have stuff on Resident Evil 2 Remake and and also on 7, although I'm not sure if 7 has been migrated to since the site update. Anyway, so check that stuff out. Uh, bulletpointsmonthly.com. Read all the stuff. There is, Ed, can you believe it? There's nearly five goddamn years of stuff on there. Wow. Five years. Five years, August, I think. <sighs> Doesn't time fly? Well, it's when you look, when I look around at my uh, Castle Dimitrescu like setting that I live in right now, I feel like it, the work was worth it. That we've mm. accomplished something. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, so <laughs> speaking of which, go to patreon.com slash bullet points. Um, as always, I know people don't really want to hear this sort of thing, but we do need money uh we don't make enough money um we essentially make just enough to stay afloat so uh this site will not stick around forever if if we can't find a way to make some more money so please uh, i know i've said that before but please if you can pitch in a little bit you get get some podcasters some podcasters industry minute that i do with ed uh sporadically and there's Kingdom Hearts podcast. There's a Final Fantasy 13 podcast. If you do ten dollars, you also get a copy of OK Hero, which Ed and I wrote. Uh, there's you get access to the Superculture Discord, so you can talk to us. You can talk to people from Bad End, from Heterotopias, from Bullet Points, and from Funland, and that's all there. So please go and do that. Check that out. Go to Superculture.network. Go to Patreon.com/slash/BulletPoints. Um, and please do that. Okay, Ed? That's all good by me. Uh, I, I can't help but notice that you haven't been donating to the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, have any, you have any comment on that? Um, uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, just, uh, just don't think, uh, I just don't think it's worth my $3 a month. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ed, thank you for your time. Um, and, and until next time, 
don't go to a village. <laughs>